0: Welcome to Equipping the Body. I'm Dr. Brad Starnes, and today we're continuing through the book of 1 Peter. We're going to begin our reading in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Peter writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And so Peter begins with a praise and then he gives the reason that he's praising God because God has saved us according to his mercy, uh, to a living hope, to an inheritance, excuse me, to an inheritance incorruptible, uh, all the things that we're waiting for in heaven and that he's keeping us and that this will be revealed at the last time. So he's praising God for salvation in general, in general, which is, which is wonderful However, I want to look at these verses quickly uh, and see something that they teach us about God and about salvation in general. The first thing I see is this in verse 3, that salvation is undeserved by human merit. He says, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us. So God is the one doing the beguiling, if you will, and we are the ones who he's begotten. So he's doing the work, okay? Now, the question is, why is he doing this? Now, in our lives, sometimes good things happen to us because we've done something good or because we've paid for something or uh Put some forward of human effort up, uh, put forth some measure of human effort, but this is not the case with salvation. He says, His abundant mercy. So salvation is undeserved by human merit. Doesn't say that who according to our good works, because we were so good, has begotten. No, according to His abundant mercy. Mercy is the withholding of that which we do deserve. Grace is giving us that which we do not deserve. And it's not just mercy, but Peter describes it as abundant mercy. There's a lot of it. It's deep. It's wide. It never fails. It endures forever. This is part of the riches of Christ. Is his mercy. Now let's think about the man that wrote this for a moment. I can't help but picture in my mind that as Peter is writing about the mercy of God, his mind goes back to that night he denied Christ three times. And as Christ was being interrogated, Peter was warming himself by the fires of Christ's enemies and denying him and I bet Peter thought as he wrote this thank God for mercy because if salvation had been dependent upon the actions of Peter that would have been it for him but because salvation is according to the abundant mercy of God we find Peter several chapters later in the gospel of John No longer at the fires of Christ's enemy, but at the fire of fellowship on the seashore, eating breakfast with Jesus. It's according to his abundant mercy. Peter was a man who knew much of the mercy of God. And So it's by his mercy. Now that word begotten comes from the Greek word anaginao, And it means to uh, beget again, to to rebirth. It is a rebirth, not just an initial birth. And so to be born again is the idea. This is what Jesus talked about when he spoke with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He was not speaking of physical birth, but to be born again. It's a matter of spiritual uh, birth. It is a spiritual thing. It's not physical. There's no part of it in which it's physical. When you repent, when God begets you, begets, begets. I'm not sure. <laughs> when He causes you to be born again, according to His abundant mercy, let's just say it that way. You are forgiven of your sins. You're made right with God, you're justified. You don't look any different physically, but you are radically different spiritually. Now, that being said, it's by His abundant mercy that He does this. So, salvation is undeserved by human merit. And we should thank God for that, because if it was up to our merit, we'd all be damned. Because greater men than we, than us, than we, have fallen. We think of Abraham, who lied about who his wife was. We think of David, who had an affair, then killed the husband of the person he had an affair with to cover it up. So if it was deserved or attainable by human merit, none of us would be going to heaven. Not only is it undeserved, we don't deserve it because we're sinners. But salvation is unachievable by human means. It's unachievable by human means. He says, begotten us again to a living hope through The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's through Jesus Christ, not through our works, and it's through His resurrection. Salvation is unachievable by human means, it had to be accomplished by God Himself. Okay? God is responsible for salvation. Now, when we speak of the resurrection, you you might think, well, you're kind of saying the same thing twice. Not at all. The resurrection is the key to salvation. Without the resurrection, there is no salvation. Okay, That's why Paul says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, who raised Jesus from the dead? God, the Father, raised God, the Son, from the dead. And so it's unachievable by human means. It was only achievable by divine intervention. In other words, let me say it another way. Had Jesus never died on the cross, had God never intervened in the world, then there would be no hope. There would never have been a way, never will be a way, nor has there ever been a way by which mankind could achieve salvation by his own means, nor his own merit. That's unachievable. There had to be blood. It had to be the blood of an innocent, perfect sacrifice, Jesus. And it had to be an act of divine intervention. No wonder Jonah said salvation is of the Lord. It's unachievable. There's there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. This flies in the face of a lot of heresy that's being taught by false teachers and false preachers. Um, I have a quote here from a United States senator, the so-called Reverend Raphael Warnock. I don't see how anybody considers themselves a reverend when they believe in child sacrifice. But... He says, the meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. False. Whether you are a Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves. What kind of garbage heresy from the pit of hell is this? Now, Obviously, we we know the man, I don't think, ever darkened the doors of a legitimate seminary in his life. But apart from that, uh, he's a charlatan, uh, a shyster. I mean, he's a joke and a very evil man. Um, But he says, I I mean, what an idiotic statement. I mean, I I just can't even... wrap my mind around how somebody could say something so stupid uh, that we're able to save ourselves because of the resurrection. The whole point of the resurrection is that we cannot save ourselves. And yet, we see this. And so you need to understand that salvation is unachievable by human means. And as I said earlier, it's undeserved by human merit. Salvation is of the Lord. Now let's keep reading what Peter says. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now I want you to pay special attention to verse 5. Who, that's us, that's the saints, are kept, not we keep ourselves, are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in this last time. So salvation is undeserved by human merit. It's unachievable by human means. And lastly, it's unsustainable by human might. Salvation is unsustainable by human might. Read the text again. Who are kept by the power of God, not the power of man, not the power of religion, not the power of the church, not the power of the preacher, not the power of the apostles, not the power of angels, not the power of ourselves, kept by the power of God. John MacArthur said it best, if it were up to us to keep our salvation, we would all lose it. And I would wager to go as far as to say we'd all lose it the, the very same day we got it. I'm not sustained by good works. I'm sustained by the power of God. The Bible speaks about those who are saved persevering. Well, the whole reason they're able to persevere is because they're preserved by God the Father in His mighty power. you cannot you cannot lose your salvation because it's not yours in the first place we are kept by the power of god by the power of god in the hand of god where do you see that well john 10:28 and i give them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand, I and my Father are one. That's John chapter 10, verses 28 through 30. So you are kept in the hand of God by the power of God, and the Father and Christ are one. Therefore, your salvation is sustained by God and not by yourself. And you better be thankful for that. Because how many things in our life do we start and we finish? Not very many. We can't even sustain our physical life, much less our spiritual life. Do you know that? I mean, you can go to the doctor, you can eat vitamins, but eventually every one of us is going to die. So if we can't sustain our own physical lives, how in the world do we expect to sustain our spiritual lives? Salvation is unsustainable by human might. You are kept, if you are saved, you are kept saved by the power of God. It's the power of God. So in conclusion, and we're going to go back and look at uh, verses 3 through 12 and see the big picture. But I just wanted to draw these thoughts from these first two or three verses. In conclusion, salvation is of the Lord. Because it's undeserved by human merit, it's unachievable by human means, and it's unsustainable by human might. Any which way you look at it, no matter how you look at it, no matter where you start or where you end, salvation is of the Lord, and we rejoice in that, because he is greater than ourselves. Keep studying the book of Peter, and keep digging, and we'll be back together as we look at verses 3 through 12 in a big picture format. God bless.